Welcome back to Visible and Visuals as we continue the conversation with women in the animation industry. The panelists combined have over 50 years of experience between them and the panel will be focusing on some of their experiences as they have all worked really hard to get to their current positions. In this episode, we discuss inclusion, struggles women face in the workplace and ideal working environments. Please enjoy and let's get to the discussion. So, hi guys, welcome back to VIV, and this is another women's panel. Um, we've got some new people in the building, so um, let's get that started. So, let's do some introductions. Um, so, let me get everybody to introduce themselves, as well as just give us your job title and a little route into how you've got into animation or where you are right now. So, let's start with Helen. Okay, thank you. Uh, yes, hello, my name is Helen Piercy. I am a filmmaker, children's author and a professional edu educationer. Um, so I'm a lecturer at Norwich University of the Arts currently on the BA Animation and Animation and Visual Effects course. And I'm also the Education Advisor for Animated Within UK. So my pathway into animation, um, I studied it at university, um, I did a master's degree at the National Film and Television School in directing, and then I moved to London, did freelancing for a bit, and then I found that I was always attracted to doing um, work, specifically working with children and young people. So I decided to set up my own business, which was um, teaching animation workshops. Uh, so I used to go around schools and theatres. I had little laptops that I'd take with me and teach animation skills. And that led on to me publishing my first book, which was called Animation Studio, which is a little like kit that you open up and it becomes a little stop motion set. And then uh, a job came up at um, former university uh, for an animation lecturer and I fancied a change and I really liked the thought of teaching university students. So... Uh, yeah, I got the job and moved to Norwich in 2016. And yeah, that's kind of where I've currently been. And I'm also, yeah, as I said, Education Advisor for Animated Women UK, which is an org organisation that exists to support women working in the visual effects and animation industry. Oh. Hi, Helen. <laughs> Hi. Um, Rebecca? Hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm a line producer at Illuminated Films. So my route into animation was um, I took a degree in live action and then when I graduated the job that I was supposed to go to was at ITV West which then closed down so I just moved home for a couple of years and couldn't get a job didn't know anyone in the industry and then I just kept applying and I had an interview at Channel 5 I didn't get the job but maybe two or three months later I had um, an email from Ian who works at Illuminated and they'd recommended me for the role of assistant there. So I went for that job, got that, and kind of been in animation ever since. And I love it. Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> I shouldn't say that I do work with you, but, you know, hey, hi, Rebecca. Um, Lauren? Hi, I'm Lauren Orm. Uh, I'm a filmmaker. Uh, I run a little studio called Pickle Animation, uh, and I run Cardiff Animation Festival. And I got into animation um, through, I did an animation degree at the University of Wales, Newport, graduated in 2012 and started freelancing from there. Um, and I kind of even already knew since uni that I wanted to kind of set up a studio, but it was a little while in the making. It took me till 2018 to co-found it. Um, yeah, that's me. Hi, Lauren. <laughs> Beth? Hi, so I'm Beth. 
uh, he's um, I'm a 2D animator and director um, uh, and I'm going to be working with Rebecca and hold on uh, storyboard directing but I've also done like supervising directing a bunch of different stuff um, I started I was went to the University of Glamorgan to do animation I graduated in 2010 um, and after a little gap I managed to get some work and then kind of like in and out of gaps obviously of working in the industry and then after um, a period of time I decided to like really push myself and then I managed to like start supervising and then I realized I really like this <laughs> this is kind of what I enjoy being like like helping people and um, managing people so then I started directing and that's kind of what I've really enjoyed now <laughs> and I will look forward to working with you too. <laughs> and um, last but not least, Jane. Hello, I'm Jane Davies. I was, uh, well, I'm an, a freelance animator and director. I'm presently co-directing a series at Ardman called Lloyd of the Flies. So that's quite exciting. We only started that in January, so that's fairly new. Um I went to the same university that Beth did a bit before. <laughs> I graduated. Well, I'll go back a bit. Um, I always knew I wanted to do something with art, but I didn't know what. And um, and then kind of was thinking maybe I'll just do try an illustration. But then I eventually went to a foundation course and there was like a film specialisation. And in that, um, we were just shown some animation and um, I was just like, it, the 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 woman was such a film buff. She was showing me some like extreme animation that was a bit out there, and I thought, ah, oh, it's not me. But then I remember she showed me um, some Joanna Quinn stuff, and I was like, oh well, okay, yeah, I can try that. And then did that, and then thought, okay, now I know what I want to do. So then I eventually then went to Glamorgan. Um, and then graduated in 96 <laughs> and um, and then just started animating in companies and had been really lucky that I've been freelance ever since, animating oh. and directing, just doing bits and bobs, anything people get me, pay me to do really. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And hi Jane. Okay. I'm going to go straight into the second question. Um, so from, we're all women in the room, um, in the Zoom call, I should say, um, and from your perspective, um, do you think the industry is inclusive? <laughs> Just <laughs> straight silence, but we'll go for Jane. Isn't that when we do the maniacal laugh? <laughs> exactly that exactly that um well because you know I've, I've been doing this for over 25 years and I would say it is a world better than it used to be it's much better now um you know yes there's still areas that it could be improved but it's like that in every aspect of life really isn't it <laughs> But when I, when I started, um, I think it was for the first 13 years being an animator, there was only one other animator who was a woman in those 13 years when I was working that I worked with. 
Um, but now um, there's a lot more. It's brilliant. I'd say it's getting a lot better. I, I think because I'm seeing it from like years ago when it was like pff, none. And I was like the only woman for like years and years. So, yeah, it's a lot better than it was. <laughs> Can I add to that, Jane? Is that okay? So from kind of a lecturer point of view, definitely sort of student wise, the ratio of male to female students um, is 50-50, or I'd say more women are coming in to study animation, which is really fantastic to see um, from all sorts of different backgrounds as well. Um, I think in terms of the industry, I mean, I can only kind of sort of speak from kind of what I'm sort of observing, because um, I'm not actually kind of in the industry, but especially kind of students that go on to other things. Um, yeah, they sort of tend to kind of, fall into kind of producing roles sometimes, although we did have some that are kind of, you know, pushing to be directors. Um, but through kind of what we sort of do with Animated Women UK, they've got a really great um, programme set up called the Achieve Programme. I don't know if anybody's heard of that, but it's, um, yeah, it's called the Helen North Achieve Programme and it's a sort of introductory career management for women in animation and visual effects that you can sign up to. And it takes participants of all different career stages and it kind of helps them form a network so they can Kind of, they go through a course where they kind of talk about what they want to do in terms of their career goals and uh, where they want to be. And then they've got this fantastic network to kind of get advice from, you know, so hopefully things like this kind of coming together and sort of sharing experience will help women kind of progress to those kind of more senior roles as well. That's amazing. Lauren? Um, yeah, to echo what you're saying, Helen, from a festival director perspective, I definitely say kind of the same thing about directors, that we're always trying to invite really kind of broad range of people to come and speak about projects and when you approach a studio to ask someone to come and speak about a project it's usually they want to send a director who's usually a cis white man or maybe like the art director who's also a cis white man and you sort of have to dig deep and be like who could maybe represent your film who looks slightly different so that we're not just showing one single face of animation that always looks the same so we've definitely had that struggle still there's obviously like notable exceptions all the time but I think that is an issue and then as well as someone who, as someone who runs a little studio I was at an event the other day for kind of people who run studios it's a lot it was a lot of people that run bigger studios there and there were about 20 of us there and two of us were women there were more men named Phil there than there were women which wasn't ideal so again like are those kind of like higher up levels in especially in the bigger studios think it's not quite there yet but yeah it's I see what you're saying Jane as well about like in the industry more broadly this seems like it's getting better. Beth? Um, so in uni I think there was like five girls in my year so I was like expecting it to be like heavily male like and then as soon as I came out of um, uni I was like quite surprised because uh, I would definitely say it's been about 50-50 in everywhere I've worked, um, especially animators. I don't know whether it's necessarily a 2D thing because I've definitely noticed there's a lot more females in 2D. Um, there's definitely been less females in higher roles. Um, and I've, I've noticed that change in recently. Like I've only worked on two projects where there's been female directors and one of those is including myself. <laughs> so um uh, I've never. I don't think I've ever worked for a studio that's been owned by a female. So that's something that I would like to do. Hopefully, in the future, is work for somebody that owns the company because I think that would be really interesting. But um, 
like as soon as I came out of uni I was like taken in by some like really amazing animators and um it was so it was quite diverse and I would say like my peer group now is quite a good mix of male and female um one other thing also when I was in uni um Jane you actually did uh one of the uh, assignments I think it was like the industry assignment and um like it was awesome seeing you um come in and you were awesome and you gave like really good advice so that was a really positive impact and it shows that it does work and you know it's important to show like literally visibility is important so yeah yeah absolutely sorry to jump in Beth I just want to say that that's something I'm really hot on in terms of getting women or just diverse directors and people from all different backgrounds to come in and talk to our students so they can actively see that you know there are people doing those jobs they can kind of you know be that person if they want to as well that is an amazing story. No, I've just jumped in myself. Um, definitely amazing story. Um, Rebecca? Um, I would say it's definitely getting better, but I generally, with the job that I do um, with a director, will actually choose the crew, and I always try and do a 50-50 split at least, and I try and get females in higher roles, but sometimes they don't put themselves forward for those roles, which I find is difficult I work with a female director, uh, she's the art director on Dave's Bud and she is a director in herself. And she was working, Sue Tong, I don't know if you know her, but she was working in the industry for years, what, 15 years or something. And she basically directs everything she works on, but she didn't know and she didn't know that and the, where we were working didn't see her as a director and it really took a lot of effort to get her to that level and it, it shouldn't, but yeah not as inclusive as it could be, a de a definitely in management. I've, I met um, Georgina, I think, from Love Love Productions at Annecy two years ago, and I found her really, really inspiring, actually. That's amazing. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Oh, no, let's move back to Jane. Yeah, because I, I would say I've been quite lucky in that, because, like, um... And the last seven years, when I've been fully freelance, just flitting around everywhere, I got to work for Arthur Cox, which was a company owned by two women, run and owned by two women. Um, so that was really good. So that, that was like really the first time that happened. But I, I have been, there's quite a few companies in Bristol that are very inclusive. You know, it's like, um, I do a lot of work for Rumpus Animation and they're like, um it's like Tanya as well I'm on there as one of the directors there as well and animators and they're very they they just don't care about anything they'll just take anyone who's good enough and you know a lot of the time there are women you know it's you know sometimes I was there one time there was four of us and one guy you know things like that is great and even you know even in places like Ardman who you think you know it's all big like big company but they've got a lot of women directors on the books and are representing women directors and you know and and um, when I've worked there because I do a lot of 2D I'm mainly 2D when I do animation um they, they've pretty much all the time mostly been with women directors and and there was one time it was about four years ago there was a animated animated women UK talk 
at Archman that I popped in for and I thought oh I'll just see who's, who's in the 2D room and I walked in and they were all women and I was like yes <laughs> it was um it was a project that Lucy Izzard was directing and there was like it was three animation you know three women animators so things like that it's things like that is really good but yeah it could be better but I think you know it's so so much better than it was when it was just me and that's it <laughs> Definitely. Lauren? Uh, I don't have a hand up. No. <laughs> you can say something. No, no worries. No worries. It was a baby. It was the hand movement shit. I uh, probably just fidgeting. <laughs> no worries. Um, so let's move on. Um, so I don't know if you guys saw the previous panel, but some of the women... Um, we're just going through some of their experiences and some of the struggles that they've had, um, especially with having their voices heard. Um, uh, a lot of them just ex talked about experiencing it as well as then not being able to talk themselves and just shutting down and staying quiet. So I wanted to know if any of you had experience not being able to have your voice heard um, just within work and within the industry. Silence. <laughs> Rebecca. Um, there can be a lot of male egos. So sometimes this is not great and I definitely wouldn't recommend doing this. Sometimes it's easier just to seed out an idea to someone else and then let them take credit for it or if you need something doing just say quietly to someone else this is a problem and then they can then feed it back and um yeah it can happen quicker sometimes um obviously i, I deal with day-to-day -day production quite a lot and um i work with uh, a producer that doesn't and if we go somewhere together for a meeting they always just ask him always every time questions I know the answers to and sometimes I can even answer it and it's just like this um yeah uh, and then I just don't say anything because I just find it easier so it can be quite be quite annoying sometimes but um I guess I don't talk really loud and I'm not I don't need to feel like I need to shout to get my point across I've just found I can there's other routes to getting problems solved sometimes. I feel I can't say too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely understand. Jane? Yeah, that, that was the other time for the maniacal laugh, wasn't it? <laughs> um, all the time. All the time. Even when I'm directing, it happens that I will sort of say something and it was it is that sort of like and then someone else will suggest the same thing I have said and everyone's like oh and the amount of times that has happened it's got to the point now where I just accept it and then sometimes I can see it's happening but instead of fighting against it I just let it happen and let them think it's their idea and just move on it gets done it happens all the time it's something that I, you know, that, you know, I'm not the most 
confident of people either. So there's a little bit of that. Sometimes I will be a bit more feisty, you know, say if there's something generally like, no, that's out of order. But if it's just that sort of un- underneath sort of thing that happens every time sort of thing, you kind of just let it happen. So it all just carries on smoothly. So, you know, you're not going to be that one who causes problems, cause, you know. But yeah, a lot, even now. <laughs> oh. Um, I definitely think as I've got older I've got more confident with being able to like assert my voice Um, also my mum was always always very strong and always taught me like no one is above you and then like (laughs) never like let people hold that over you but um, I've definitely found um, like I I agree with the whole like I don't want to have to shout to get my voice heard and I I almost sometimes do that to a fault of like a principle of like I'm not going to shout just to get you you know and there's a bunch of gregarious people in the room and I'll just sit there like quietly waiting and then sometimes you know I'll be like no I'm just gonna I'm gonna butt in and and say what I think um there have been other times where maybe I've heard something or seen something that shocked me that I haven't necessarily maybe spoken out about and I've re- like I regretted it afterwards then because I'm like why, why would I not say something like that but sometimes in the moment you're just like like what like how did that happen um and then going back to um like sometimes ask like saying about seeding the idea to other people there's been times where I've been like this is an issue this is an issue this is an issue and it's been like why haven't you told us and I'm like I've told you multiple times that this is an issue and it has to get to like a point sometimes before somebody listens to you but some uh, you know I don't necessarily know if that's because I'm female or if it's just because of people's opinions of other people you know sometimes it can come down to if I'm internalizing some misogyny or if I'm I'm almost like projecting or worrying like I'm trying to like anticipate that happening um so there's something I think societally have to work on as well Lauren I think we do internalize it I think that's a really big part of the problem because we we the only people who I've ever invited to speak at the festival who've been like oh no I couldn't have been women and you they absolutely could it's women I know are really good speakers but they're like oh no I, could, I couldn't stand up in front of a room and, and speak and like where where are we getting that message I just feel like we're getting it everywhere all the time <laughs> it's um yeah just builds up on you doesn't it hello so from my point of view because I sort of work in academia I actually am quite lucky and I do work with some really lovely supportive men um who are you know course leader senior lecturer and they're always very good at kind of acknowledging if I've done something or if I you know if I sort of came up with an idea you know whoever we talk to it's always like oh Helen you know this is Helen's initial idea um and also really aware if I'm not being included in the conversation as well so they'll actively although it, gives, it makes me feel like I've got like special kind of <laughs> I'm a special case that I need like <laughs> including but like they're really aware I don't know if it's because they're you know obviously a bit more sort of tapped into what's going on you know in terms of diversity and we've had some speakers come in and previous um talks t- about it as well so they're a little bit more kind of tuned into it um so yeah, I'm really thankful for that but it's a- annoying that it's still a thing that has to be kind of considered really 
No, it's um, one of those things that I think it doesn't, it crosses over to all other industries. Uh, this idea of women not really utilising their full potential. Um, also, the idea of a woman will always apply for a job that she is 100% qualified for, whereas a man wouldn't. Like he, he, he would have 30% and it would be fine and he will still apply. I think there's, I think it's just the way that maybe men and women brain work or just maybe there is, like Lauren was saying, uh, an indoctrination from somewhere where it doesn't matter where we're from. Culturally, it crosses over. There is this thing where women always just take a step back, but um we're, we're, we're hopefully getting past that and hearing our own voices. Beth? Uh, there was just one small thing I just thought of, um, like writing emails. I've definitely tried to improve myself writing emails, like removing the word just. So instead of like, oh, I just wanted to ask, instead of it just, you know, I wanted to ask. So I've, I've you know, I've gone through and removed the, the word just loads of times and also removing exclamation marks. So like trying to make my sound, you know, sound less threatening, not just put in periods, put in exclamation marks like, oh, hi. It's just, hello, <laughs> like I'm serious. And I've tried to like help teach a, bu a bunch of my friends that as well, um, male and female, because, you know, I think it, it, it's a confidence and, a, and yeah, just that kind of thing. Um, so this is a to the next question um so what are some other hardships that you guys may have faced um all of you have been in the industry for a few years and have now reached positions which people would love to have and also you've worked hard to get there um what were some of the things that you faced that um you didn't think that you were gonna get past but um yeah here today <laughs> Still, still in animation, still working. Rebecca? Um, I've worked with a few difficult men, actually. I, not that long ago, I was working with someone that um, I would ask them to do something and then they wouldn't listen to me. And then a man would ask them what to do and then it would get done. And then the job wasn't being done correctly and then that person shouted at me and told me it was my fault because I didn't actually understand any of it and it wasn't their job to do that and that was like prolonged for a really long period of time um, and it sort of I had to get my boss to step in to come in and sit in a room to try and explain to him because he just wouldn't listen to me it was really truly awful and in fact I was working with um, someone else and they overheard the conversation and this is the crazy thing is he said to me I never understood misogyny until I listened to that conversation until I heard the way he spoke to you because he actually stood up he was a lot bigger than me he stood up out of his chair and he just shouted at me it's actually making me feel quite upset thinking about it I hadn't known about this but yeah yeah you don't get that level of respect always. I think I look quite young as well. I mean, I've got 10 years of experience in the industry. I know what I'm doing. And sometimes you can just say, so you can just talk, 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 talk. And it just, it doesn't go in. Um, 
with that. And uh, there's, I, I've had like a, lots of comments on my looks as well all the time. I find that really awful. Someone once said to me, um, I was leaving a job and they said to me about another woman, oh, she's coming in and she's not as sexy as you. And this is an animator who said that to me. And it was honestly, it made me want to just throw up on my keyboard. But I felt like I couldn't say anything. I just said, ha ha, ha ha. Um, I'll just internalize that one and deal with it when I get home. But yeah, there's many stories. But I think that's probably the worst two off the top of my head. Well, um, yes, the, the first story as a person who was in the room, um, walked into the room. Um, yeah, not not fun. Um, thank you for telling that story. I know it wasn't easy. Um, and the silence. <laughs> Jane? Um, well, yeah, th there's been a lot. And, um, you know, sort of like when um, I was thinking about doing this, because it, it goes back to that thing initially. When I was initially asked to do this, I was like, well, why? You don't want to listen to me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's happened. You know, it's been over 25 years, but I've had that all the way through. And there were certain parts in my career. There was a good two years of working in a company where a lot of the times I came home crying most night because of the, the shit that just happens and it was just sort of way I was targeted and things like that and I think I could have just totally gave it up but I just thought no I'm just gonna get out of there you know and initially I didn't because I was told that there'd be nothing out there for me and um, you know that I'm lucky to have my job <laughs> you know that that whole usual thing and um you know I'm, I'm glad I stuck it out and just moved on and just never been happier really and then I think it then makes me appreciate when every you know you get you get treated with respect and just appreciated and like um wow this is really good work and I remember like I found it a bit hard at first when people would be complimenting my work I'd just be like oh god you know, and it's just like, why am I even doing this? They're just saying, you know, great job. I, you know, I say that because like a lot of the times I'd be helping people and like, I've trained a lot of people through the years as well, you know, and the best way by helping people is by encouraging people and, you know, pointing out the things that are good, you know, or maybe next time don't do it like that, try this and find a better alternative. But like being encouraging and nurturing, I think that's how I became such a good director is because I did the opposite to how I was treated. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's that, that sort of thing. It's like, well, why? You know, if you if you treat someone with respect and kindness, they're going to try a bit harder and ultimately get better. And, you know, and that's what you want, really. So, yeah, I, I could go on for probably about five weeks on the shit I've been dealt with, but you just, I, I don't know, it's bad, isn't it? We're in this sort of state where you kind of like, you just sort of, oh, wasn't that a time? And then you just move on. But yeah, it's, it's, it's upsetting. <laughs> no, um, you are important to this conversation. Just experience alone 
you are your voice is very much welcome here and can I say something Hayden sorry yeah. to interrupt you no. I just I just feel very passionate about this and you know Rebecca hearing your story and you Jane it just makes me feel really angry and really makes me want to protect women going into the industry which is sort of partly why I'm sort of part of Animated Women UK um, so I've sort of set up the education wing of the organisation and um, I'm sort of created a sort of closed Facebook group for undergraduates and academics to kind of you know talk about this sort of stuff and I think that's unfortunately why Animated Women UK exists is so women can have these kind of safe conversations where they can talk about this stuff that goes on and just think you know okay I'm not the only person dealing with this and how do I deal with this and and it's not right it's not right at all and it needs sorting and it just yeah it makes me really upset and angry so yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just want to, and also, you know, exactly what you were saying, Jane, about encouraging people to do well. Exactly, that's kind of what I do with my students as well. Instead of saying, you know, this is crap, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, exactly what you said. Sort of, yeah, it's okay, but maybe try doing something else. And, and you know, that'll kind of motivate them to, to kind of do better, especially in this climate as well, which is so tough as well for students at the moment. No, no worries. Beth? <laughs> um, um, so... I think I was relatively pretty lucky on the last thing I series directed. I had some like really nice support from from people being in the position I was because you know sometimes I would voice my concerns about um, maybe people not necessarily not respecting me, but like seeing me as that position or like you know because I look young as well. I've been in it like ten years. Well, I think I look young. <laughs> I don't know, but um, and um, like they were very supportive and reassuring and always there for me, but. Um, there were, you know, there were some things where I was kind of unsure whether I was being seen as the same level as maybe the male equivalent of that. And I did bring that up and there was some resolution to it. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing on that. Um, and going back to the nurturing thing, I was always like super aware of, of I wanted to like the whole standing above you thing I never did that with anyone as much as much as I tried to I would always try and like bend down or like sit on the floor next to them when I was speaking to them because I don't like it when somebody's like I need to do something it's like oh sorry okay like you know I got really good like muscles when I was doing that project because I was like bending down to speak yeah. to people because that's how you get people to do things you know we're all in, in it together it's not like me over you like you're doing something for me and I need you to do it so we're all working together so yeah but um other things I like I have I, like going to the negative like I I've been pretty lucky but most women I know have had like an experience and it's not necessarily my story to tell but like I think everybody's got some issues or something that's happened with people and it's been awkward to say or like everybody knows something about this one person and you kind of be like oh avoid that person or you know just be careful and it's like why is this secret? Why is this like an underground network of information? Uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit horrible in that way. No, um, I can do <laughs> the animation industry definitely being um, uh, who you know type of place, uh, for sure. I think projects always there is some sort of favors going on there is there is friendships and it does make it a lot easier and it's just you can see how things happen 
and you're just like no but it doesn't have to go there like um certain comments that I've had and you're just like if you just stopped yourself from continuing that sentence it would have been completely fine like I, there would be no issues no one would be hurt or no one would be offended you just need to just stop 30 seconds sooner just 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 cut the conversation sometimes silence is key um as someone who's a talker I do try to stay out of trouble <laughs> especially with anything I do say uh, for sure um but moving on let's look at studios as a whole um I have worked mainly with Rebecca in the same studio for the entire time I've been in animation and it's been quite mixed over there but um after hearing conversations um and just experiences from other people that I've now come across especially on this platform um studios tend to be male dominated um I think some of those experiences have happened in studios and I wanted to know do studios that are run by men which is the norm <laughs> understand women's issues um I in the previous panel Gaia mentioned um struggling to talk about her period and um how uncomfortable she is just even having a pad sometimes and having to take it out and um other panelists mentioned tucking it away and um hiding things and just um I think Tanya mentioned that there wasn't a, a toilet for the women in one studio because they had only had men for so long that it just didn't exist um so in that question <laughs> There is a question in there somewhere. Um, I'm blanking. <laughs> and there's quiet, the silence. Um, Jane? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, you know, there was one company I worked for for quite a while who didn't have, like, a sanitary bin or anything like that. And then they did get one, and then it was taken away because it was too expensive. I've, I've kind of I've worked with a lot of studios of varying sizes and everything like that, and you know some some studios they they only have one toilet, you know, but they can't always make you know splitting up the toilets or anything. But um, you know, they're mostly they're, there was always some, you know, that that they would have other you know all these other companies I worked for even when they've had just the one toilet there's always been the sanitary bin in there but it's it's like but that is a big issue with me about toilets because that's why I, I, I joke about it but it's why I always say to people why I like working for Ardman because they've got the best toilets <laughs> they really are great um <laughs> But yeah, it's really hard because obviously you, you get bigger studios and you get smaller studios who are like renting out office space and, you know, that that it's all they've got is like one toilet, you know. And there was one studio I, I absolutely hated going to the toilet there. So I actually went round next door to the pub because the it was a lot better. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is a tricky one. But I, I think a lot of it depends on their circumstances as well because you get so many different types. 
So, yeah, it is something, it's a big issue with me, probably, probably a bit more than most, but I do sometimes make my decisions on where I work, whether what their toilet's like. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand you, Jane. I've got celiac disease, so it's like a bowel disease. And the, the, our studio has got terrible toilet situation. In fact, there is a separate man and women's toilet, but sometimes men like to try and go into the women's toilet, which is a problem of one of the productions we worked on. I actually had to talk to people about it. Don't go into the women's toilet. Don't yank the door of the um, women's toilet. Why would you do that? Um, ideally, the studio has uh, a sanding bin and also, um, I think, sanitary products within inside the toilet would be ideal as well. So then no one has to feel embarrassed. Because I know sometimes you can talk about it as much as you want, but someone is still going to be embarrassed about taking a tampon out or whatever, right? So, yeah. Uh, so I, I would, if someone had a really good toilet, I might actually think about moving studios. <laughs> Definitely. Um, after mentioning that, what would the ideal sort of studio setup be? Um, and what does it look like? um you know lots of toilets 90 <laughs> percent toilets <laughs> no um yeah it, it, I've always thought you know I've always dreamed you know we all must do if like we get like limited funds what we'd do and how we would set up a studio and mine definitely would be a lot of toilet facilities and um like a like somewhere to eat because that's what I really love about I'm, I'm not like you know I know I go on about a lot but that's what a lot of things what Ardman does really do about they do care about their like their employees so what's really great is the canteen at Ardman it's just having a canteen that just makes such a difference you save so much money and time you know at lunchtime it's only an hour and sometimes if you've got to walk if you haven't bought your lunch and you've got to buy it out and Sometimes if you've got to like walk for 20 minutes to go get somewhere, your lunchtime's taken up by walking somewhere, getting it and then walking back and you haven't had like any chance to relax. But I'd also, I'd like, I like to have, you know, the facilities to sort of allow people to come in who haven't got experience to get them in a studio situation and allow them to work on their like films or whatever and have that sort of help from people who can like help them do stuff and maybe give them some experience on on projects and things like that that would be my ideal because I know how hard it is for sometimes people to get the experience to get their foot in the door and things like that so that would be my ideal would be to have have a have a studio that just does fun stuff <laughs> has plenty of time and plenty of money to do nice things and and nurture people but you know it's not realistic though is it <laughs> Lauren I, I don't know why it has to not be realistic I feel like you could just prioritize that stuff and then you know be, become normal but yeah I think I hope that this will be one positive outcome from 
the pandemic but I feel like flexible working and the option to work from home part-time or full-time is so important particularly as someone who's just become a mum like there's no way I could have a, a studio job at any studio from the old world now but if I was offered you know part-time work work from home that would be possible so if I you know if I was an animator working for a studio I'd be kind of frozen out of the industry uh, as was but hopefully that's changing now that everyone's realized we can work from home guys just a second I think I'm losing connection again hopefully not uh, okay. you just say something Colin because it, it was basically your audio was up to date but your video wasn't okay okay am I back better now yeah yeah I'm better and then it's Helen next so yeah just echo uh, Lauren said because I've also just become a mum and um, I think partly one of my reasons for leaving the kind of industry freelance world was because I just couldn't envision having a family really in London uh, <laughs> so I think you know becoming a lecturer and exactly you know this kind of working from home situation um is just been really great for me just because I can take my daughter to um the crash which is still open thank goodness um and sort of work from home and it's great because I get to see her and spend more time with her and I think you know if we were going to add to our list of you know things we would love to have in studios a crash <laughs> I imagine would be also another fantastic bonus uh, Rebecca I guess an, an ideal studio situation for me would look like a mix of working from home and in the studio actually during the pandemic I've moved from London because I couldn't afford to rent more than a one-bedroom tiny apartment which was in a kind of good commute to where I was working I actually live in Edinburgh now in a giant place and I feel much better and the air is lovely I would recommend it to anyone <laughs> so a mix is good and also yeah to help women who have had kids or anyone with any health issues I'm actually finding that with the working from home thing we can get a much better range of people it's not just just the people that can come into London and maybe we're allowed four or five you know home workers who are animators you can open that up you're going to get you know a much better crew in terms of diversity and actual range of work too I think I agree Nice. Um, I think we can all say what the ideal is um, and what we would envision but I do agree with Lauren um, it doesn't have to be an ideal and I think all of us um, are in positions or working towards positions where we can kind of just change the things around us at least. Um, I know how big the industry is as well as how small it is weirdly uh, with who knows who uh I'm, I'm learning that <laughs> you're only a couple degrees away from the next person in animation if you've worked with a handful of people they know people and so on and so forth um and then some of the women from the previous panel um I think one of the biggest struggles is um how does how do you guys network um struggles to finding people especially because she just um started um a studio with her husband it's Steph from the previous panel um struggled with networking 
and increasing the people uh, or the pool of people that she knows. So any advice for that? <laughs> Lauren? I don't know if it's advice, but like, I, I think networking is so important. It's how I get most of my work. And I really struggled with it at the start. And actually it's the reason I, one of the reasons I set up an event because <laughs> I was like, I'm struggling to have the confidence to talk to people at these events I'm going to. But if I run the event, then I can talk to whoever, which is a bit of a, <laughs> I don't really know. I love that, Lauren. That's brilliant. What a strategy. Just going to set up a festival so I can network. <laughs> I don't know if it's for everyone, but yeah, there's one way to go about it. But I, I do think that working is really important and it's worth like overcoming our fears of it if we have them. But then again, it's like, I hate all of this t- telling women we need to be more confident all the time because it's like, is it on us? If we're as a whole, as a gender, tend to be less confident, that's there's systemic issues there at play, surely. But this, yeah, I don't think it's as simple as just like just be more confident. But like, it's worth pushing through and trying to do that networking. I would say. Helen, so I'm, I'm going to plug animated women again. <laughs> animated with AWK. So um, we have a sort of well, sort of bi-monthly, monthly sort of networking event just for women. Um, so we all kind of, it's a big Zoom event, um, but then we have kind of breakout rooms, so um, which kind of change um, different sort of different sort of a thing. We do sort of three at a time um, with kind of subject. Uh, so it's like you have to bring like share, show and tell sort of thing. And it was a really lovely way of just kind of meeting some random women from the industry that you wouldn't otherwise um, and just getting to know them and kind of meeting them that way. So yeah, definitely plug the Animated Women UK uh, networking events, <laughs> which you can join if you do the newsletter and yeah, check out the website. <laughs> Beth. I think we're pretty lucky. Well, it's it's a good and a bad thing. Like down in Cardiff and like obviously like Bristol, like that kind of area, there's quite a you know it's quite a small group of people. So everybody does tend to know everyone. Um, like the events that Lauren organises, you know the like uh, going to those has been really helpful. Um, and you know, a lot of the jobs I've had have been from being recommended by people that I've worked with, and I've also recommended a lot of people for work, or I've suggested a lot of people, and that's really helped. Um, like it can be who you know. Obviously, this is a little bit like nepotismy, but like it does matter when you leave a good impression on somebody, and it can also help people that wouldn't normally get like a step into like like oh look, this person's good, maybe consider her or like this person. Um, but uh, I've always, again, as I've got older, I've got more confident. But if I've been like, I, you know, I really wish I could speak to this person. I've just been like, I'm just going to speak to this person now. Or even just like on social network, I'm just going to like drop a message. Like, I think even Tanya, I think that's how I got speaking to you. I was just like, I want to speak to her. I'm just going to speak to her. It's like, okay, that's fine. You know, nobody's going to be like, how dare you speak to me? There's a, a, a line, obviously, don't harass people, but like just taking that step to like maybe like open the door because everybody wants to make friends and it's really hard it's like oh I wish I could be friends with that person it's like a lot of the time maybe that other person thinks the same thing and you just have to like open the door maybe I do feel bad for a lot of the younger people coming into the industry now especially because of the pandemic like how hard it's going to be to make that connection um obviously being in the studio you're with people a lot of the time 
and then otherwise now we just have to do it like this it's like trying to remember somebody's face maybe on like a bad web webcam or something but um I, I do think it'd be interesting to see how we can make more like digital networking events i don't know how that would work or what that would look like but that's obviously something that needs to be developed lauren <laughs> <laughs> I know we really struggle with it I need to go to one of yours Helen because the way that we've done it has never really felt like it's worked oh, okay but, I thought well, the way they did it worked really well it's all where everybody joined and then it was like someone was behind the scenes though doing all the kind of magic breakout rooms and you know you had a time so it was like a slight countdown but yeah I definitely if you want some tips Lauren I'm more than happy to sort of yeah um, help you with it <laughs> No, just to add on to something Beth's just said, um, genuinely people are a lot less scary than you think. They are human as well. Um, human interaction is a thing that we will just have to do. Um, I know everybody's behind screens and stuff like that, but there is definitely a human behind and um, just say hello. Um, I think organising this um I do kind of get a little bit nervous pressing send on every email to anyone I don't know just like it's, it's like split second hopefully they respond to me please say that they're going to say yes I really want them to come on please and it's just like breathe Woosa it's not don't take anything to like offense or personally if someone is busy they're busy and that's okay just it's a relaxed game just keep just keep just just say hello and see how it goes from there, I, I think is very important. Jane? Yeah, there, like, there are a lot of places that I found Twitter quite strangely useful for networking and finding jobs, especially. Um, you know, there's been quite a few things that I've got into from Twitter and things. And there's also, there's some like, you can get Facebook groups as well that are particular to our industry or things like that you know that's that's very useful to sort of seeing who's about what jobs there are and um, also getting yourself known but you also have to be careful because if you're a bit of a twat about it people will like remember that <laughs> you know there, there's been a few you know there's been some times where people have like just behaved really badly on social media and you're like no you really shouldn't be doing that <laughs> so you, you just have to be careful but um but yeah is is um but there are it's great that there are stuff like animated women uk out there and, and especially the cardiff animation things as well like in the animation nights as well is that like I kept trying to get to them last year well the year before actually and I, I was actually going to go to the March one but then it was like the pandemic so it was like ah oh, that was the one I was gonna finally be able to go to <laughs> oh that, that's great advice Jane would you be up for talking to my students about that but you know yeah networking? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to get my confidence back. No, no, you, you're going to do it. You're fine. <laughs> but no, I, I used to do it a lot, um, especially years ago. I would talk to students more and do seminars and things like that. And um, it, it's just, it's just, it's very, it's very much harder now because when I started out, you could, you know, start being a 2D animator and you'd start being an assistant. So then you would learn how to do things and then, you know, you'd pick up stuff. That's how I started. I was an assistant to a guy called Phil Parker, you know, and I 
basically learned how to animate from him. You know, I, I went to animation college and I learned about animation, but I wasn't a proper animator until I got shown the ropes by someone. So that's what I always try to do. You know, when it was like, I was fortunate enough working on, it's a bit hot, easier with series where you can have like um, um, sort of apprentice type roles or, or, you know, junior roles where you can take up people who are starting. And there were quite a few occasions when I managed to do that with people and then they ended up, you know, they'd start having to do really jobs worth stuff which was their role. And then as the series goes on, there's more time. So a lot of the times I like helped them and showed them how to animate and stuff like that. It's because even back then, like 10, 10 years ago, those roles were getting harder and harder. It's like apprenticeships then, isn't it? There's not much apprenticeships roles in any industry. So it's, it's just finding that way in and nurturing people that's quite hard. That I'm always keen to do when I can because that's how I started and I know how hard it is for people now. So it's basically, I, and, and there was a few times I'd end my talks with don't, don't be a twat, you know, because <laughs> that's key because people remember. Number one advice. <laughs> I did use the C word once, you know, don't be a C word. But, and, that, and it was at that point I realised you know, it was at school leavers, not at university. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, no. I bet, I bet they loved you. <laughs> there were some people at the end who were just like, that was brilliant. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Beth? Yeah, I was the same. Like, basically coming out of uni, I didn't know how to animate. And then in my first job, you know, I was kind of taken under the ring of, like, these three amazing animators, and they basically taught me how to animate. It was uh, Gemma Martin, Nick Scoos, and uh, Seb Powell, and they were just like, they taught me how to animate, and then like knowing them and then you get to know the people they know and then it kind of progresses that way as well with like it's uh like expanding your network by in, like being introduced to people you know like I came to a Bristol event and Jane introduced me to someone there and then we've been friends you know we've been chatting and it's just that kind of thing like you just help each other out and extend that way um like one of my friends moved to Ireland and now we get to socialize with the people that she knows in Ireland like uh that's one thing about the pandemic, the opposite way, is that we've been interacting with people I never would have been able to interact with before through like playing games together, you know, like playing on Discord. So it's like a weird, it's good and it's bad at the same time because, you know, I never would have met those people unless I'd moved to Ireland, which I have done in the past. And I've still stayed in contact with some people that I've met in Ireland, but it's the kind of mixed way of meeting people. And then I'm just going to end it there. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, guys. Um, but uh, the, my favourite question to end it on is, why do you love animation? Anyone? <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I'll go with Rebecca first. Um despite what I've said about some of the people that work in animation, generally most people that work in animation are so lovely and so supportive and they really understand. And just seeing something come from a script or a Bible all the way through to a series or whatever it is, is just truly amazing. 
Like a Helen? Uh, I love it just because it encompasses so many different mediums. Um, I love the fact that, you know, you're storytelling through it. Because I teach, you know, stop motion, but I also sort of do principles 2D, a bit of CG as well. And I love that it's ever evolving, ever changing. People have different takes on it. Um, and it's just, I just find it fascinating. And it's just magical, really, <laughs> as a medium. Lauren? That's exactly what I was going to say, really, about it just being magic. I still remember the first time I tried animation. I was like 18, I think. It was quite late in the day, in a way. But um, yeah, I was sat there doing my art foundation with the tutor, like moving some stuff around under a rostrum. And it was just nothing. But like watching it come to life was just magic. Been in love with it ever since then. Jane? Yeah, that, that's exactly a similar same thing to me because when I, I said that I, I you know, when I, I knew about animation all through my life, but I never even thought it would be something that I could do. And it was only in that, um, like that foundation course, and I was saying that it was the, a really filmic teacher. Her name was Brenda Williams. And she was so passionate. She was such, yeah, she was, um, you know, so passionate about film and she was such a feminist. Um, but I remember that I went to to the library, looked at a book. Oh, this is what animation was. It explained about if you're moving a cup from there to there, there's like, you know, in-betweens and things like that. So I had a go at it. And it was just, I remember it. It was just this guy who was going, it was like in water and everything. And and I did it, filmed it. It was like four four frames a second because they were on like you know pressy buttons on camcorders. And I remember showing it to her, and she just sat there and watched it, and then she just exploded. And she was just like, "This is amazing," sort of thing. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, I can do this." And it was just that. And and I think ever since then, because I, I thought about your question, you know, I was like, "What do I love about animation?" <laughs> It's just everything, you know, there's nothing I really I can put a pin on it. It's just, you know, when, when you animate something and it really works and you're happy with it, it's like, oh, you know, and, and like and when you're working with people and they do something and it just looks beautiful or, you know, it makes people laugh. It's just it's just very satisfying. Yeah. Beth can't really say it better than what Jane did but um like some you know obviously being in the industry it's easy to get jaded sometimes but then it's like it's cool we make cartoons like this is a cool thing like it's really fun and like you know getting to be involved in lots of different aspects of it and yeah you're just creating worlds and telling stories and it's a really lucky and an awesome thing to be able to do so thank you guys for joining me it's been VIP.